Wow, welcome. We're live. Mike Crawford here. Young Jerks. We're running a little late, but that's okay. Had a crazy week. Uh, I just want to give, uh, just, you know, take a moment to uh, just mention, obviously, uh, my mother-in-law had passed away this weekend, Harriet. Uh, rest in peace. So My condolences on him, Mike. Thank you. And uh, we have some big guests today as well. And uh, definitely going to talk about the cannabis rally event we did up in Haverhill yesterday. But uh, let's get right to the guests because I'm I'm really excited about the guests we have this week. Oh, I always am, but this week it's another awesome panel of guests, and we're really getting back into booking awesome guests every week for you because that's what people tell us they want. And uh, we got someone back again that you may know, and we got someone new who's also very well known locally, and we're really happy to have him. Uh, my second time meeting him, but uh, my first time really just getting to. Theater's presence. I'm really happy. We got Notorious VOG. Yeah, that is me. What's up? Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I was looking forward to it. I'm like psyched. I'm smiling because you're here. I don't know if you know that, but (laughs) I I love your Twitter, number one. I think people know you from Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you're famous on multiple levels here. Let's talk about Twitter. uh, What's your Twitter? My Twitter is Notorious VOG. It's VOG. And that's, it comes out, you told me today, it comes from the voice of? Voice of Genius. A nickname that I got from doing concert promotions, which is one of my other do things. Do you still do that, uh, too, Yep, right? still do it. It's funny because that's where I started out. Like, yeah. That's how I got involved in cannabis politics. I really? did okay. concerts and events, and my girlfriend does radio. Uh, she does music radio as well on WAF. Uh, probably going to be doing her show tonight uh, with her. Uh, but it's funny because we come from kind of seeing the same. Yeah. Yeah. M- many years ago, I started work with the ho- original House of Blues in Cambridge. Oh, nice! Brian, I know that's Brian Mattel. Then I did you meet Dan Aykroyd and met not Dan Aykroyd, but I met a lot of the other guys. I've actually seen them, but I didn't actually meet them. Mm-hmm. Um, then later on, Jody Goodman, who was the vice president of Live Nation back then, it was um, for his Tea Party concert. It was a lot of different names. And I, so I started a joint venture company with them. We've been doing reggae concerts, a lot of urban stuff. And, and we've been doing that for over 20 years. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're like, uh, you are hooked up with like Live Nation people and yeah. since way back in the day. I want that black guy that's been on Lansdowne Street for many, many years. I've seen people come and go. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing it for a while. And, and now you're, oh, it seems like everyone knows you. I know a lot of my friends know you from uh, the show that you do, and you do a few shows. You're like on the radio every single day, six days a week or seven? Is it six, what except six. for Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sundays is usually... And now you're here doing yeah, it. Now you're doing radio. Sunday is usually my one day off from the world. So, but so. the big show is uh, Monday through Friday, yep. 6.30 to 11 a.m., Notorious in the morning. It's B87.7 FM. Yep, it's 87.7 locally on the dial. Online, it's B87FM.com, Yeah, which is... Um, Boston's only black urban conversation every morning. Mm. We get to it, anything that's happening in the city, we address it, stuff that folks that live in Dorchester, Roxbury, Mattapan, even Somerville, um, are not going to hear it. They're not going to get it from their local news in the morning. And I have a dedicated um, group of folks that tune in. You asked me that it's really the dedication to get up and do that every morning. Definitely. But if I don't, the next day I come in, the request line is filled with messages. VOG, where are you? I need my news. Because a lot of folks that I talk to um, don't get their news from the newspaper because they don't think it covers, it, it, it deals with their issue. They don't listen to the news on the radio. So the only place they get their news is on a morning show. The only place they talk about what's happening in the neighborhood is on the morning show. And a lot of the information that I get, I get from my listeners. 
Mm-hmm. Um, once I get through the news, I say to folks, is there's anything that's happening in your neck of the hood that I should know about? Call me up and let's talk about it. So oftentimes folks will call me up um, in the neighborhood, folks from work. A lot of times they work for the city or they work for the state. Like VOG, I'm at work, but I want you to know this is going on. <laughs> the and then whistleblowing we, going yeah. on. And then we, we secret aliases at yeah, all. Yeah, and then, we, and then yeah. we get to it. Then we get uh. to it. And we talk <laughs> about it. So, um, I, and I think it's important, particularly for um, communities of color. And I think in Boston, where um, unlike other groups, you really don't have a lot of outlets. Um, no longer have a lot of these community centers. As you know, you can't find a bar and a pub after work. You can go down have a conversation with a neighbor like you could in other places. So as a result, people in our neighborhood just get accustomed to not having conversations, which is crazy. Because um, I used to just drive to the radio every morning and then my doctor said, well, you know, VOG, you got, well, he doesn't call me VOG. But he said, well, you got to start getting some exercise, good exercise, maybe take the train. So I started taking the the train to, uh, to the radio. And at the bus stop, I noticed that the same bunch of folks every morning at the train stop get there and nobody's talking. And when I start drumming up conversation with folks, they act almost like we're in an elevator Mm -hmm. because we're just not accustomed to having conversation with each other. And as a way, a lot of folks get away with a lot of stuff because if you're not talking, then you can't get together to hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do in the morning and that's what motivates me. I'm gonna say again, uh, it's, we have this connection already because this is what we do here. Right. As you, I mean, I think you're aware of that yep. as well. But it, we Which is why learn here, so much from the community. Right. Like, like people expect me to be the expert and stuff, and I'm like, no, no, no. The guests and the callers that we get, like I learn right. just like everyone else does. And it's like this conversation that the feedback and it's an amazing thing. It's, it's what keeps me going. I don't think I have uh, as many uh, messages when we're not in the air, but I do get them when we're not right. in the air. So... I love that. I mean, that, that does keep me going, too. So uh, we also have Lee Nave Jr. here who just ran for city council uh, in Brighton, Alston. We've had him on several times now. Uh, you ran a strong campaign. I am really uh, happy. Uh, you know, not, I would love we all would have loved to see you advance further. But uh, I think you did really well running first time in that district. So uh, congratulations on that run. Um, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I definitely appreciate uh, coming back. Uh, now that I'm a average citizen again, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, thank you all for uh, definitely uh, allowing me to to speak um, and uh, have a platform to just to you know share share a little bit about like what I've been working on uh, policy wise throughout the campaign process and just stories and just in general um, the message that I was trying to spread about different policies and conversations I was having around Austin Brighton over the last like ten months. I think it's made a difference, too. I mean, these conversations are going to continue uh, with the campaign now. Um, I, I think that's really what we wanted to get into right off the top is uh, issues, campaigns, Boston City elections. Uh, but we can get into pretty much anything you guys want to talk about today because we got plenty of time and it's going to be a good show. Um, we also have phone lines open. And I, I'm so out of it today, I don't even have our new phone number down. <laughs> And I'm getting it from my producer yelling it out. You may have heard that. 617-702-2542. We'll put that on the screen, too. Uh, it is kind of a new phone number for us. So, we, you know, some people don't have it programmed. Put it in your phone and call in. You'll get through today. I guarantee you that. Um, every time we get a new phone number, it's like it takes a little while for people to, to 
get it. Yeah, to get it. Yeah. So call in, 617-702-2542. It takes me a little while to get it, too. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. I'm Mike Crawford, totally woefully unprepared, but I got two awesome guests here, <laughs> and they're going to kill it today, and we're, we're, we're going to kill it, this community. We had a big rally yesterday in Haverhill. Uh, if you want to call in and talk about that as well, that's open discussion. But let's start off with uh, the election. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I wanted to talk oh, to, go ahead. Yeah, to go Lee ahead. real quick. First of all, congratulations, my brother. First, I'm meeting you. And uh, although folks think I'm always hard on politician, I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for politician because it takes a lot to run, first of all. And then it takes a lot to deal with criticism from folks like me. And, and, and you, you may, yeah. Um, but also, it, it takes a lot to go out and engage people, have conversations with people. So, Lee, just from running, and I don't know a lot about the area that you mm -hmm. ran for, but what were like some of the issues that like, you just learned when you went out when you were talking to folks? Uh, the, well, something that uh, a lot of folks didn't really uh, pick up on is that there is a lot of support for rent control from seniors. Right. Uh, there are folks who lived on who live on fixed incomes in Brighton who are trying to stay in their homes or trying to stay in apartments in the area. Like they love this area, but they want to downsize to an apartment or something like that. And um, they need affordable options for themselves to do that, to make that happen. And so I've been advocating a lot on that. Um, there's also the rap policy that I put the out. The rap policy. Rat we policy. talked about that last time, <laughs> and uh, people were commenting. They are really into the I mean, when I live in the city, I know about the rats. The rats is a big issue, especially if it's in your little, your little neighborhood. Yeah. Right. yeah it's real bad in uh, the Austin area. Uh, there's a lot of development because of uh, Harvard. Um, and so there's people who have lived there for generations um, who have said that this is probably the worst they've seen in almost a decade, the rats running around. I actually had a conversation with a man in Lower Austin, and while we're talking outside his house, like five or six just run across it. Really? Right by him. Now, I'm told that we have a, rat, a huge rat problem in Hyde Park, which is where I live. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the big ones yet, but apparently we do. I read that in the newspaper. I was like, wow, that's not good. Yeah, I, like, I mean. Where's Menino when you need him? It's, uh, <laughs> rats is uh, uh, it's just one of the worst. I hate that. You know, mm -hmm. my girlfriend had to change her, uh, her, I forget what wires it were in her engine. They chewed through the wires. You oh. know, we found a dead rat in her engine. You know, they, they climb up and they hide in there because uh, it's warm after you drive the car. Right. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's a big issue for people. Uh, you, you tell us about that plan because I think people need to know that something yeah, can actually be done. The yeah. rat plan. <laughs> yeah. So the rat plan, what? We did a lot of research. Uh, we first explored what the city and Harvard are doing, and so we asked a whole bunch of questions, attended a whole bunch of subcommittee meetings, um, and just did a lot of research in general. And so the plan entails how we can look at the city investing in more trash cans themselves for private citizens, ones that are rat-proof, because there are $85 buckets that have the ability to keep rats out. And this is something that Harvard actually did 10 years ago, they gave people in Lower Austin 10,000 trash cans because the rat issue had gotten so bad. But of course, 10 years now, 10 years later now, the trash cans have worn down a lot or some people take them if they move away and everything right. like that. So um, the city has to look at investing in that to private citizens. We also have to look at humane ways in which to decrease the rat population by going after nests, uh, especially when there's large development projects where there's a lot of breeding occurring. Um, 
there are places in Lower Austin, especially, that are called rat havens. Like, I've gone to uh, door knock people's houses on different streets, and they've been like, hey, the, that um, abandoned building over there, we consider that the rat haven. If you go inside, you can see thousands of rats. And so places like that where they're all centered from and where they're going out into the neighborhoods themselves, we have to really attack them to make sure that they don't pretty much take over an entire neighborhood. Wow. <laughs> um, and so those, those are a couple areas that, were, that, I, that my particular plan worked on. Uh, and I'm still going to work with the city in different ways to get that implemented because right now the city and Harvard are basing off their, their policies addressing this issue based off of uh, 311 calls. But nobody thinks that, hey, I should call 311 about rats. About rats, right. And so, you, you don't think that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would call. Yeah, that just. Now, I know sometimes when you call the police on frivolous stuff, they, you get in trouble. Would you get in trouble also if you no. call them about rats? Yeah, they tell you. Uh, well, 311 is different. because oh, 311. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they. But you still, know. It's, people don't think about that. They they think just what Victoria said. I'm going to get in trouble for calling. Right. The, I mean, I, like, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. I always, like. I don't want to call. I don't want to make that call. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right, right. about anything. Like, just in general. Yeah. I mean, this it's is... got to be, like, pretty... Something that's... Right. Pretty important. So, we're speaking to uh, Lee Name Jr., who just uh, ran for uh, Brighton and Alston City Council of the City of Boston, Boston City Council, uh, in the district of uh, Alston and Brighton. We're also of Notorious VOG. Yeah, I'm here. We, we, we just had this, uh, you know, the prelim uh, we call it a primary i don't know what the heck they call it in boston what do they really call it it's prelim election yeah, prelim. right yeah prelim. prelim election so um and now it's you know there's a certain amount of city council at large uh candidates there's going to be uh finalists in, in the districts yep. let's talk about uh Alston brighton first because uh lee you just ran for that mm -hmm. you know office and now there's two two people who are going forward in the final cashman and uh liz breeden yep so what do you, I, th I think you've already announced that you're endorsing one maybe, have you? Yeah, yeah, I, I announced uh, a couple of days after the election, Liz Breeden, like throughout the entire process, there were seven candidates in our race. Yep. Um, and that was the only other person that I had like full support. Like if I lost, this would be the person that I would back up because she has similar platforms. She's very passionate, she's self-driven. Uh, she's motivated by making sure that the community's better. Um, in general, she's an independent, she's unbought, um, and she's a person who's really mobilizing on the issues themselves and really working for the community. This is an actual legitimate community organizer running for Boston City Council right now. And so... Now I was going to say, roughly about 100 votes separated the, yeah. the top two vote-getters, so it's and pretty close. It's yeah, it was really amazing close. because our, uh, it was around three, okay, some would say they progressive, but like four, four folks who call themselves progressives right. in Austin Brighton. And we split that vote, but that means it was about 60% of the vote That's was for right. progressive candidates. She should right. win. If, you, if everyone comes out from those four campaigns, yeah, you, yeah she should. I mean, it's it, it probably going to be really close, like we're thinking, but she mm -hmm. should win if people mobilize and people actually come out. Right. Now, now you said so-called progressive, right. which yeah. I, I love the fact you did that because I, <laughs> I, got, I got a whole host of issues yeah. with, the, with the whole progressive thing because I think it's, it's a loaded term and it's, mm -hmm. a, it's something that folks hide behind and a lot of people's left out however once you call yourself a progressive somehow you get credit for pushing forward other people's agenda who is completely um not covered in a so-called progressive agenda which is mind-boggling to me especially being someone of color um i see black elected officials all the time i'm a progressive yep. i'm progressive and i'm like what well, well 
what what does that mean? I Do mean, you get angry because like I relate to everything you just said, but I'm not of color. Right. Do you know what I mean? It makes me mad because I I see this a lot. Yeah. The hiding and do you get angry? Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily get angry, and um, but I get upset, mm-hmm. which I think is a little, you know, to, and I get heated about it. Um, by the way, in the morning, I refer to my listening audience as Boston's brownest and brightest. So brown is obviously color, yeah. but brightest is everybody that that's smart enough to figure out that if Boston works for everyone, it, it'll make a better Boston. And issues that when you leave folks behind, you're really dragging the that's whole right. city down. Um, so my audience consists of more than just black and brown folks, and they're the brightest, uh, as well as uh, along as the brownest, and they're, they're the brightest as well. But the whole progressive thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it bothers me because folks don't, and I'll just use for an example, um, um, let's say the gay community. You don't, you're not going to be heralded as um, advocating for gay rights by saying, um, I'm a progressive or I'm, or um, just you have to be someone who's out there physically addressing issues for them, for that community, and then they'll say you're a champion. Like, but but black folks right now, all of our black representatives, they're saying they're progressives, and uh, and they expect black folks to, and unfortunately, a lot of us are giving them credit for somehow fighting for our issues, and mm-hmm. they're not because a progressive agenda is totally different than a black agenda. And unfortunately, I don't know how it's in, in Brian, but unfortunately in Boston now we have a lot of elected officials that's not promoting a black agenda, but they're promoting a progressive Definitely. agenda. I and, totally feel you on that. And, and it's Again, kind of pathetic. I mean, I see the same thing in the cannabis scene. Right. So many t- I mean, people think now that Charlie Baker is on our side until this vape thing happened, and then they all of a sudden woke up <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, that, like, that would be It's just like, crazy. how can you vote against yourselves and not hold people accountable? That's right. basically what you're saying. Yeah. Is that yeah. we, um, so I, let, let's talk about, can we name names? Like, you know, l- looking at... Uh, at large, yep. who do you like? We're talking in Boston. Yes, uh, back in Boston. Yeah, because there's what uh, eight candidates left yeah. now. Yeah, there's about eight candidates mm-hmm. right now. I'm, Let's go through them. Yeah. Well, in Boston, um, obviously my favorite is Michelle Wu, and that's just why her. Well, this is the thing. Michelle Wu recently um, came on tourists in the morning. However, it's not Michelle's Wu's fault. Michelle Wu actually invited herself on my morning show. Jesus, probably at least four or five years ago, when she, she was the um, city council president. And she did something, and I've been doing the morning show over, I don't know, 15 years, I don't know how long it's been, on different stations. Um, Michelle Wu, when she became president on the city council, did something no other president had, had done, reached out to me, never met her before, but she reached out to me at the time, one of my interns, and said, listen, as city council president, I'm just starting out, um, but I, I hear that when someone in my office listens to you in the morning, listens to your show, and it's a good outlet to get things out to the black community. Yeah. And I would love to be able to send you information on what the council is talking about, and if you can provide me with some feedback. And she invited me down to her office, not just me, but it was a small group, maybe three or four other people, mm-hmm. to talk about the issues that they were doing. And first of all, I appreciate it because, again, I didn't think it's something she, she had to do. And it's something that previous presidents had not done. By the way, it's something that the current president hasn't done. Um, Who's that, Andrea Campbell? Andrea Campbell, right. Who's black? Um, but, but, so Michelle Wu, 
showed more of an interest to informing the black community, engaging the black community in Boston into a conversation about what's happening, more so than Andrew Campbell, who not only is the city council president, but she also represents Mattapan and heirs around. But since she became the city council president, and I don't want to get into nuts and bolts of the whole thing because it might get ugly, um, <laughs> they basically made her that Mattapan seat and that large seat, which I had a problem with the large seats overall because I think the reason why they have at large seats versus just having seats that represent different neighborhoods is eventually, regardless of how brown, how diverse um, the city of Boston gets, mm -hmm. these at-large races will always be determined by money. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Michael, how does Michael Flaherty, I look at his oh. vote totals and just shake my head, but then I look at his money and I no. totally know why. That's what it is. And then name recognition, but, too, at this point. Mm -hmm. Name recognition, once in there, yeah, but again, you have to have the resources yeah. and the more for all to run citywide. And, you know, being somebody of color, you know, our net worth is basically a medium happy meal. It's $8. Yeah. Um, so when that's what you're looking at, mm -hmm. you really don't really stand there. So those seats are always going to represent a certain amount of people. So I have a problem with that. When Andrew Campbell became president of city council, they basically made her seat in that large seat, which is why she really didn't have any challenges. And she has some person running, I think, in the primary, but he's just there because they only had two names and they um, didn't have preliminaries for that seat. But she's unbeatable because, again, her entire term, she's running around basically like an out-large, advocating for all kinds of issues for the, system, for the city. Where what, name some of those issues. They name some of the stances so people understand where, where you're, you know, where you're coming from on that. Um, in terms of issues that Michelle yeah. Andrew been yes. advocating? Well, I mean, she's advocating stuff in terms of, you know, I think she, has a, she, she had rolled out a plan for um, bringing equity into public safety jobs and all that, where the mayor ignored it for like six months. And right now, I think it's still You're talking about equity and hiring? And hiring. Now and okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which is a decent plan. I mean, it's really um, not a lot of teeth in it, but that's a lot of the stuff that these folks do. I call it comfort food for white consumption. They put it out there so white folks can feel as if, okay, something's here we are. Being done. Something's been happening. And then she'll go to, you know, go to black folks and say, Look, we're doing something. Nothing's being done. Um, so she has a plan on that, and she has a plan for the, I think, Boston Public Schools, as you know. The city council really doesn't um, oversee it, but she has a plan. So she's rolled out a bunch of citywide plans as city councilor. More, more plans, actually, than I think any other previous city councilors, uh, presidents have. But again, I think it was in a deliberate plan to build a profile and run the seat like an at-large seat to scare away any challenger that she, that she would have, and, and it worked. All right, uh, our phone number is 617-702-2542. It's the Young Jerks. It's Notorious VOG. You heard him. He's, he's with us today. I'm really I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I'm psyched. This is a, he's working seven days a week this week. Yeah, th yeah, this is a full week for me, man. Uh. You guys got me in here. And again, Young Jerks is someone I followed, what you guys are doing. And um, oftentimes when I get invited to a lot of stuff and to, mm -hmm. to do a lot of stuff, and usually I just say no. I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm doing stuff six days a week, so the one day off, I rather just I read a book. Again, and we agree. Listen to me and Simone and relax. I, I'm the guy who never goes out anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, when you guys reached out to me and invited me, I was like, I, I got, I got, I got to do this. You're awesome. Yeah. I'm glad we're here, and we also got Lee Nave Jr. Uh, your Twitter is what uh, Nave Wave. Uh, Nave Wave AB. Thank you. 
at Nave Wave AB. Nave Wave AB. So make sure you're following them, both of these guys on Twitter. I follow them both. I, I share. We share their stuff all the time. That's a better Twitter handle than mine, by the way. Oh, for the shorter. The shorter, the better. Mm. True. I couldn't get VOG. And I lose a lot of followers, I think, which I said is fine. It's if you can't spell the damn name, then don't follow me. But I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know really mean it. Follow me anyway. <laughs> People will find you, though. Yes. I guarantee you, you've uh, got a big following on there. Uh, again, our number is 617-702-2542 if anyone wants to call in, weigh in. Lee, where are you on? Because uh, I want to get to, yeah. you know, we, we kind of just touched on the city council at large. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through them all because I yeah. want to go through them all with the tourists. But where are that you? Was, yeah, we'll only talk about Michelle. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk was, about, yeah. That was so just one. Where are you, what are you looking at? Like, where, where, who do you like? What, mm-hmm. what issues are you looking at? Because you're, I'm sure some of them would, would like to have your endorsement at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, they are. Oh, after, uh, well, Austin Brighton had the highest uh, voter turnout uh, district-wise. Uh, for the prelim, so got a lot of calls on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, but it, it, I expected, you know, like a lot of great friends, you know, reached out. Um, like um, I'm real good with uh, Dave Halbert, uh, also Julia Meja, um, Alejandra Sanguian, um, and then also Michelle Wu, of course, is uh, definitely like my number one. So those are uh, kind of the ones you're looking at, yeah, yeah, towards. Was, Have you officially like? kind of endorse them or you just look you that's how you're leaning so julia yeah i endorse julia already and dave um i don't well i'm announcing anyway uh he's coming out with an endorsement tomorrow for dave uh alejandra we're working on like the the language right now because i want to make sure it's right with alejandra because she she out of the four is the person i know the least and so we had a great conversation last week so i can get to know her better understand her platform a lot more like I've been following her and met her a million times at different events, but to actually understand like her policies and a really good understanding of her was like very, very vital to me before I called myself endorsing anybody. Um, and then Michelle Wu, I see all the time and had a great conversation with, and I've been following her for years. So that was a pretty easy choice. Yeah. You were here a couple of weeks ago with her yeah. as well <laughs> uh, for the changeover between our show and activist hour. And then you went back on activist hour with uh, Michelle Wu too, right? Uh, yeah, she went before me, and then I was right after her. Yep, yep. Oh, that was awesome. That was a pretty cool week. That was the last show we did here. Is uh, as we were leaving when we met Michelle Wu. I got a quick picture with her. Took her up to uh, Activist Hour, which was surreal for me because I kind of, I gave her. I, I got really mad. I did. I got mad at her on Twitter at really? one point. Okay. But it's it's more on me than her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, what well, you know? Because I, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think she's awesome. So. Um, so it was good to, to be in her presence after that because I like her. I really do. I would, I would definitely vote for her. I would endorse her. So, but I want to get back to Notorious VOG because I think he's got something to say about some of these other city can- mm-hmm. council candidates. We've endorsed a few people, um, but I want to hear what you have to say because I know that you have different takes on some of these folks. Well, well who have you endorsed? Uh, we endorsed Julia for the uh, prelim and uh, uh, Alejandra, R- uh, Ricardo, Lee, I think that was it. Yeah, and basically, you know how we do it is, is, is do they come in? Right. Will they answer the questions? And all of them did, and we like them from, you know, just, and for us, a lot of times, we want to support new people, so, but I want to hear what, because you, you, I think you have different takes on some of these. Oh, well, absolutely, but you guys, um, mm-hmm. I don't, well, yeah, well, you, you guys, I don't see you more poll than me, but obviously, these candidates have more respect for to reaching out to your audience than I do. Because I didn't get all the candidates. I normally don't get all the candidates. Mm. 
What, one of the things which, which uh, I don't... We haven't had Michelle Wu. Oh, I thought you did. Oh, she came on another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that maybe that was another issue I was having is then get back to me. Well, well, we, we get like that, right? I mean, I do sometimes. I'm just like, why, why don't they come back to me? Well, you know what? Um, I don't invite anybody. Yeah. See, I, we do. Yeah, we reach yeah, out. Right. Not always. Sometimes, yeah. you know, a lot of times they come to us now, which right. is awesome. I like that better, actually. Right. That's a better feel, actually. Right. Yeah, I don't invite anybody. But what I, what, what I do say, and I say it often, is if you're an elected official in the city of Boston, which means you represent folks, you always have an open invitation to come on my show. That's it. Because I think um, I have an obligation to have your constituents, to have people hear what you have to say, hear what's happening in their government. And also, it gives them an opportunity to call in and talk to you directly. So I always have an open policy for elected officials. But as it relates to um, folks who are running for office, oftentimes, you know, they reach out to me. And if it's somebody that I particularly like, then I'll have them in. If I don't, then, then I won't. I mean, it's, it's, I mean that's my, my, my prerogative. It's not... It's your time. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's kind of how it works. But believe it or not, over the years, some people just have it. For example, um, Charlie Baker, the first time he ran for governor. I had Charlie on like three or four times. No way. Mm. And you had him on your show? Yeah. Um, in fact, three I have, or four times. In fact, I have drops. I, that I think I saw you tweet, tweet about that recently. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. In that's fact, I have, a, I have drops that I play... Um, all the time after Charlie got elected. See, that's a guy that will never come on this show, I guarantee you. Well, I, maybe if you hook it up. Well, I, had, well, I haven't had him on after since, he, since he's been actually in office. But again, I don't invite anybody. Right. You know. So he reached out to you. Right, his people reached out to me. Yeah. But this is the thing. Um, Charlie Baker, who I knew, and that's why I actually practically, not only did I endorse him, I was practically going into living room in the hood with Charlie. Um, mm. I worked for Charlie Baker in administration. He was the head of administration of finance, and I was in procurement at the time. One of my first jobs after I finished grad school and came back into Boston that was at the state house. So I was in procurement, and he was the um, he was a secretary for administration of finance. And except for his, he has a potty mouth. He was in so probably, he's just, but that's that's fine. But he was one of the smartest people in government that I knew. Mm. He was just an intelligent person um, and I just liked him from then so when he was running um, they reached out to me and I'm like of course we'll, we'll talk to him um, Martha Coakley who was the Democrat running against him they were they were promoting on the station they had ads up and all of that but they never reached out Charlie came on Charlie even rolled out after we spoke he rolled out um, what he called an urban agenda plan. Since he got at, right after he got elected, I noticed they scrubbed it from the website. It kind of disappeared, um, and I and I pointed that out to them. I'm like, where, where the hell did they? We're having an urban agenda. Because I think they got it from me. Because we were talking, I was like, you know what? So, but anyways, he he was addressing specific issues, mm. and um, they had a press conference as he opened up a local headquarter on Blue Lab, and folks like Bill Owens, who's just one of my mentors, one of my idols, came out and. And so Charlie was, 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 was open to having those conversations. A lot of people are not. Martha, again, she just took for granted that, the vote. yeah, we're going to get the black vote. And all the folks around her was telling her, you know, don't worry, don't worry, worry about the other folks. You know, mm -hmm. you got this black thing worry all locked up. Yeah, yeah, the black stuff is, uh, we're delivering it. Um, and they can't deliver anything anymore. 
Um, black folks are not just a reliable vote vote that's going to So Charlie Baker did very well in the hood in that first election, better than most folks. And I remember I went to the, um, the celebration that he had downtown. They invited me on stage. I was like, no, I don't do the onstage thing. But that's an example of folks who come in and have a conversation. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. Uh, I, I, I'm shocked that some of them still don't. Even, you know, I mean, look at uh, one of the things I like about D.A. Rollins. She goes on Howie Carr's show. Right. Even though I hate Howie, and I, I'm just like, part of me is like, why would you do that? Why would you dignify that clown? But she really does a good job on there. Like, you know, it's it makes a difference. And especially uh, when you go into the propaganda zone and you just do straight talk like she does, it kind of like offsets everything. It kind of like. Yeah, I heard she did. I heard she, did. she does really well on there. Everyone that doing the, the, the election where Ayanna Presley got elected, everyone, and Ayanna was on my show several times live in person, and Ayanna is somebody that I think a lot of. I'm a big fan of hers. A lot of criticized, but I criticize everybody. But the folks who came on won, Ayanna, Rachel, even Liz Miranda. I mean, the ones who didn't, they lost. I've never had someone who's running for office that relies on the black vote come on my show, talk to my audience who hasn't won. Right. So my record, and that includes Charlie Baker. Uh, my record is kind of 100%. Undefeated. 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 <laughs> you know, uh, we, we used to have, when we first started off, we would get like Green Party, you know, Republicans, right. people who couldn't win. And, and that was basically our show. And then we had like Mike Conley and he kept coming back and he won. And, and we're seeing that all the time right. now. Like we're, we, we win more than we lose now. Right. Um, and right. it's exactly what you said. Like the ones who come out who actually, you know, I'm thinking of other people. Ayana came on this show. Yep. And you know who came on right before her? Capuano. And, you know. He kind of was with us, kind of did some stuff for us, but gee, man, you've been in the office for how many, how long? Yeah. And now you're reaching out at the last minute? Like, but you know, and she came on strong. She was. The thing she, with, you just mentioned Capiano, and, and we're going to get back to Julia because I know you said you endorsed Julia. Mm -hmm. But Capiano used to be a regular guest on my show because transportation. I always felt transportation, transit equity, even before Michelle and I had a conversation with Michelle, so I'm so glad that she was a, she's a big proponent of it. But I used to talk about transit equity all the time and how important it is to my community, community of color. Because to other folks, you know, it might be a convenience thing. You know, today, am I going to park the car in the garage and decide to go take the train? Or For folks in my community, if you don't have access to transportation, you can't get the kids to daycare. You can't make your doctor's appointment. It is just a necessity. It's a way of life. Um, so Capiano was someone who understood that, and he worked very hard, particularly on our commuter rail system, which for many years, the commuter rail, if you live in a hood, it flies through the back of your house. House is shaking, baby's crying, mama's screaming, what's that? For years. But you can never walk down the street and catch a commuter rail straight into town. You're still taking six buses. You're still going to... Capiano got that, and he fought long and hard to make sure that we had these stops in the hood, which we do now. When I say the hood, I'm talking the neighborhood. Um, so we just opened one in Blue Alive. Um, when they opened up the one in Morton Street, uh, Capiano, and folks weren't really taken in, and I was talking to Cap, um, and he said, you know what, we, should, we, gotta, we gotta promote these commuter rails. If we're gonna get them to open, 
to have folks take it seriously and try to bring the rates down and eventually try to have it move from a commuter rail system into the MBTA system because that particular line, the Fairmont line, is the only commuter rail line that runs 100% through the city of Boston, but it's not a part of the MBTA system. He said we got to increase uh, ridership. Hmm. He reached out to the city of Boston, reached out to the mayor, reached out. Nobody had money to put up to a two weeks promotion. At the time, nobody was challenging him. He was un unbeatable, but he went in and did something no other um, elected politician ever done. He pulled $65,000 out of his campaign coffers and paid for an entire two weeks of free ridership on the commuter rail for the Morton train stop. And it made a difference. You had mm, folks. That's amazing. You had an How increased come we've ridership. never heard that story? He wow. ran a campaign. And he never, like, this is the stuff that his campaign should have been talking right. about. And they should have came on my show and talked about it. Right. What happened was, again, I endorsed Iana for I mean, different unbelievable. reasons. Yeah. But I think he got so shook and up. And when he came on my show, he should have talked he about should've. it. He should have. I mean, this is like stuff like, I he, too often lately he was like, I can't, you know, no, no. Like, he just, I don't get it sometimes. I think he just got shook. He didn't expect it. And then I think, he, you know, it, it felt as if he was in a race thing, which with me it wasn't because even while... I was 100% behind Ayanna because I think she brought a different face. She brought different issues. Although transit equity is very important, and Capiano, I think he's right on probably most of the Democratic liberal issues. Um, but that's something that he's always been there at a time when you really didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So I thought he could have engaged the community a lot more, and I just didn't think he just conceded all of that. And even since then, I've had a conversation with Ayanna um, to, to take up transit equity in a way uh, the way that Capiano did, and I think somehow the issue is being ignored, probably because it was a Capiano issue, uh, and I think it's a mistake for INA because I think a lot of folks who went out and vote for rely on transportation. Oh, yeah. um, there's an article this that... This is a huge issue. Oh, yeah, there's an article... I mean, I, we can't get anywhere to anywhere in this area without an hour. Right. I mean, 10 miles an hour, easy, mm -hmm. if you're lucky... <laughs> Yeah, uh, two or three hours. A lot of times, I mean, it's just, especially if you're relying on public transportation, it's just out of control. Um, we have a phone number six one seven seven zero two two five four two. If you want to call in, we got uh, special guests here: Notorious Vog. We also have Lee uh, Nave Jr., who just ran for Boston City Council. These are two very politically active, connected folks. Uh, it's an honor to have you guys on the show today. I want to talk more about the city council race. We've talked a lot about uh, different politicians in the state, which is awesome. I love this stuff. I, for, for me, even though it's maybe not news to everybody, it's news to us. Right. We're hearing some of the stuff you're breaking to us. So tell us about uh, city council at-large candidates. Like we've heard from Lee. We want to hear from you more about who you like, Notorious. Well, well you know, the Julia Mahir, mm -hmm. and you mentioned you endorsed yeah, Julia. Yeah. And again, we don't just invite winners on. Julia Mahir is someone who's been on my show twice, again, this election. And a lot of folks thought, well, she maybe she doesn't have a prayer. Maybe, maybe she'll squeak in at number seven or eight. Maybe eight, they mm -hmm. thought. Um, yeah, they were saying it in November a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I had Julia on the first time, and the thing that that we got to, and it's a conversation that I had, I said, you know, Julia, and she's telling us a little bit about her background, just being the first um, Afro-Latina to run for the city council, foreign-born Afro-Latina, and then to hear her story about how when she first came to the country, she had a mother that didn't speak English, 
And for a period of time, she was homeless. And I said, Julia, I said, you know, when you hear a lot of politicians talk and they talk about the folks, I said, if you're going to have a meeting in a room to represent certain groups, you check off just about all the box. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about parents that, that, that didn't speak English. You, 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 as a student, you were homeless. Right now, we have, I think, 3,500 3, homeless Boston public school kids attending school homeless. On, on so many issues, um, she had a firsthand experience at it. And I don't think a lot of folks got to know that story. And just by her name alone, I don't think a lot of my audience even realized that she was, she was Afro-Latino. That she, exactly. But she came on and told her story. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks related to it. And also on issues where um, when I announced that she was coming on to my folks, oh, you know, VOG, you know, she, has, she was for, um, she was for um, charter schools. So, mm-hmm. I, so it wasn't something that we hid from. So yeah. I, I tackled it head on. I said, Jewel, let's talk about the, the school issue. And she got into it and explained her journey from there and being on the inside and working on that issue to how over the years she fully embraced public education and why public education is important to her and how it relates to her in a real life sense. And I think that put a lot of folks at ease. So um, f- folks were just calling up, oh, VOG, I've never heard of her before. Um, which again, as a candidate, especially in Boston, where the names that appear on the ballots are the same old, same old, same old names that always, and people in politics are the same old, same old people. To be someone new with a different name mm-hmm. is very hard to break through. So you've got to make that connection. You've got to tell that story. And I see folks on, on social media after Althea Garrison got XYZ vote, folks like, well, who the hell is Althea? Who is this woman's base? Who are her supporters? I said she doesn't have a base. She doesn't have any supporters. But she has a black name. And unfortunately, when you rush it and go, Althea Garrison, yep, I'm voting for her. So you check it off because she's been around for a long time. I don't think everybody knows that she's, she, she, she's a loon. She, she supports the radical stuff. Mm-hmm. She doesn't support Black Lives Matters. And she has no business to be there anymore. Although I supported, when, 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 when Iana left, I supported her taking the seat. And, and I was against getting rid of that rule in terms of the fourth person because I thought if that rule applied prior to her, it should stay, so, stay so, the same. Yeah, it should yeah. stay the same. So folks should be fair. But a lot of people went out and voted for I know it for a fact, just because the name Althea Garrison right. has been around. Mm-hmm. People hear it, but they have no idea what she stands what for. She stands for. She didn't have to debate anything. She doesn't have to come out and talk about the issues that she stands for. So nobody knows. She got a, a head start right from the start. But Julia did really well. Yeah. Oh, she and did. She also came on the oh, yeah. show, right. and, and we freaking loved her for all the same reasons. It came in just, fifth. She was like a yeah, yeah. close yeah. fourth. Julia. You know the other thing I like about too? She has like media experience, and she's like very magnetic. Like mm-hmm. she, she is very like, she has that Ayana thing. Like right. both of those interviews when I was done, I felt really good. Like, mm-hmm. wow, these are amazing. Like, I don't know. She's just got something special about it. But she's got that, I think, media experience also mm-hmm. really helps. She, she did MTV. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so... She's got a lot. Yeah, she on. produced MTV for yeah. many years, and um, she's a leader on that, like way ahead of like Black Lives Matter. You know, when I was in just a little story, when I w- went to undergrad, mm-hmm. the school in Deland, that's it was close to um, Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. Every every summer, I was the MTV coordinator because they used to come down to film spring break at Daytona oh, Beach. Oh, Daytona. 
Daytona Beach. I went so, down there a few times. Yeah. Well, yeah. during spring break, I was one of those so. goofy kids down oh, yeah, there while been you drunk. were working. Well, I would been drunk together. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, yeah, my no, I was a goofy kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing real shit. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was dudes like it was one of those bros that didn't know any better. Well, I think everybody was doing that during spring break. So I became <laughs> I became a lot popular during spring break. I want to ask yeah. you some names because I, I we actually one year when we were down there, we ended up in the hotel lobby. Uh, we you know where they were all hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it was like uh, Polly Shore, right. Vince mm-hmm. Neal from Harley Downtown Crew. Julie Brown was, was back then. Who Was she cool? She was awesome. Uh, at least when we saw and But I used to deal with the, primarily with the dancers. Oh, yeah. So my job was every summer, is before the actual cast came down, I used to hold auditions because they always wanted to have people on the beach dancing. So I used to like, pick folks out. And some folks we would grab once they got there from you know folks who were just coming for spring break goofs like me in the yeah. audience yeah. Yeah, pretty but much. i couldn't dance well you didn't have to <laughs> <laughs> but but we would pick select a group of people just from the local community and the different colleges around okay. to actually be a permanent part of the different cast for all the different shows because when mtv used to come down they used to do like their entire lineup that's right um mm-hmm. at daytona beach on the yeah beach. I, mean, I remember that i mean they do every show t- uh, trl live yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. what you know they used to have I used to be. Those are good that times. Stuff. Yeah, those are good times. Music television. That's amazing. Yeah, I was a lot. I was a lot slimmer, and more flexible back then. I used to rock Doctor Martin, do back. How about, how about Ed Lover? I hung out with him that night. I liked Ed Lover. Yeah. He was he was hanging out with us. Actually, he was having yeah. a, He was hooking us up. He was bringing people over to us. He, I liked him. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Ed was great, and I mean, the whole that whole experience was nice. But again, I used to. It got times before because I used to do it every summer because they used to come mm-hmm. every spring break because they used to come every spring break. I used to actually look more forward to the Black College Reunion afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because for me, the spring break was work. That's right. But after Black College Reunion, for me, it was just it was it was party. A time. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking to tourist VOG. He's got a lot of uh, past experience in music and politics and entertainment. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy you're here. And we also have Lee Nave Jr., who I'm also very happy he's here as well, uh, both in the studio. We got some comments online. I'm going to take off my glasses so I can read them. Um, some people are jealous. Mm. Uh, Patrick Wilson says, I'm jealous I've, got, uh, I've not met VOG yet, <laughs> but I had some good conversations through social media over the years. Uh, Calvin's watching. I want to know what, if Calvin's watching. I want to know what he's doing about the vape ban. Uh-oh, Calvin. Head us up, Calvin. I want to know yeah. what you're doing for yeah, your call vapes. Yeah, in, now, Calvin. This is an, an ongoing issue, too. But we're also talking about city council candidates. Uh, so obviously we all... Like love Julia, I think. Yeah, yeah. I met her three years ago uh, when I was doing some community organizing work, and that's when I like that's when I knew she was like a great person. Like we had this great conversation. I was giving a presentation at uh, Vital Villages, and I kept seeing her everywhere around the neighborhood, different community groups, different meetings, uh, just randomly running her at Haley House. Like she, she was great then. And then when she told me she was gonna run, I was, I was like, cool. (laughs) You, I, I, I. I, I'm a big, I'm a general big you fan of her from the very beginning. Yeah, from the beginning, like she, she's a great person, and I think we need more great people in general uh, to represent the city. Yeah, and 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 I think so. And I think again, she she adds a, a unique voice. And then once on my show, you know, although they describe her as progressive, but she said mm-hmm. I'm not a progressive. I'm an independent voice, which mm-hmm. that was music to my ears. So she says all the right things, and yeah. and and I have a feeling she she will she will also do all the right things. I hope she wins. Yeah. I really it's so top four get in yeah. on the city. Uh, right, large. She was four, number yeah. five, right? right. She was mm-hmm. a cl- yeah, she's close, really close, close and right. you never know because you know a lot of elections are gone, and yeah. now you don't know where those votes are going to go. So this is like she could easily make it. 
but it could be like a one vote difference, so right. every vote matters. Every vote matters. Yeah, and she's done great money management wise. Compare well, like Alejandra and Dave are both broke right now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And they raised money. I know Alejandra did. Yeah, they're they're trying to right now, they're, but like Alejandra, I mean, uh, Julia had like forty k on GOTV still, and she's already made like. She's already got endorsements from a lot of the uh, black candidates who yeah, ran for she, city yeah. council at large. Yeah. So she's trying to and get their And she's got bases. a lot of electeds. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember them all, but she's gotten some good uh, endorsements from the political world. Who else do you like? Like Julia's, uh, I think, my number one. I think she sounds like your number one, Taylor. Yeah. Right. Well, Michelle Wu's my... Oh, my, Michelle Wu. Yeah. Right. But, you know, Michelle Wu, we're basically, we're just going through the formalities. Because yes. mm-hmm. we, we want Michelle Wu to get as much vote as possible. Because mm-hmm. it'll look better when 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 we go for for the for the mayor? corner office. You think she's home. going for mayor? Well, she has to, doesn't she? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. We hope so. Right. I mean, Boston can't just be um, the only majority minority city forever right. that is elected nothing but but a white, white Irish guys. guy. I mean, it's just. I mean, eventually, we got to earn the 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 tab of being this bastion of liberalism, which is you know that died with uh, with Ted. Mm-hmm. Kennedy, who was my one of my heroes, by the way. He's cool. the only Kennedy that I really like. And so, who uh, who else do you like in the city council? Um, would not like. <laughs> well, Althea. Uh, oh yeah, I yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. Althea Garrison. Is, it's yep. tough for me to ever be against anyone of color, honestly. You know, when they're running for office in city council, but she's crazy on the issues. Yeah, she's a, she's 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 she's, Just she's, wild. she's alone. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you said it's, it's hard for you to not like your body because it's easy for right. me. I, mean, mm-hmm. I Cal- go for Cal- I'm like, uh, listen to Calvin. He's like, if you, you know, it's just, we need more, we need more women, definitely. Right. But we need, especially, I think we need younger people too. But I think uh, what's really missing is people of color. We need more representation. You it's think so we obvious. need, well, I, I, well, let me say. And better, like, you, like you're talking about too, uh, which I, I love you for bringing up the distinction. People that really mean it, though, you know, right. not like window dressing, not like they got to follow through. They got to do the work. Yeah, you, you have to you have to deliver. And I think, unfortunately, folks. And again, it's why I take seriously candidates that come on my show or come mm-hmm. on shows like this is because Boston politicians, particularly black black politicians, like politicians, they engage folks during elections. Yeah. And after elections, they really don't. Mm-hmm. And I think they really believe they don't have to. But it's a, it's also a result of the fact that if you are a minority living in the city of Boston, you really have a tough time. Um, so you, 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 you're probably juggling two or three jobs. If you have kids, you got to figure out. There's so much stuff going on that during the course between elections, you don't really have the time to keep up with what folks are doing on the issues for you. And then eventually you just get a sense that it doesn't matter what they do on the issues. My life is still going to be tough and I still have to do what I have to do. So in a sense, it just adds to voter apathy and it just adds to giving those folks a free pass, which is why sometimes I feel like I have to go out of my way to hold black elected officials accountable because they do get a free pass that white politicians, frankly, don't get from their, from their constituents. Uh, and so black politicians, what they end up doing is they ignore the black folks and they just take our vote for granted and then they pander to the progressives and try to get them um, to be part of their contributing to their campaigns and because they know money matters, which I think it's, it's short-sighted. Um, I think the smarter thing to do is build wealth within your community. Definitely. Make sure that people of color can get those jobs 
And if you build wealth and they, and they can achieve some economic prosperity, then they can contribute to your campaign. But they take the shortcut and they just pander to the folks with the money. I love that. Build it and, and they will come. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, yes. I mean, it's just, I, I think that, that mm -hmm. makes so much sense. Why aren't they doing it? It's because it's easy. It's easier mm -hmm. to yes, do it the right, other way. Right. It's and also and the consultants. The consultants themselves, like these people that yeah. they're hiring, right. you know, that, that, that's the pathway. This is the, the normal pathway of achieving power, tapping into that next audience. It's almost like back in the day. Uh, I think that's <laughs> so much of the reason why they don't end up coming on the show a lot of times. Like right. I, I, I've had conversations with some of the, you know, different people and, and you're thinking they're coming on and then they don't. And you're like, why? And I think it's so many, so often. And I've even had politicians come on. I think... Uh, Patricia, G I, I don't know if I'm going to let it out, but even like uh, Patricia let it out, let said it out. something when she came on the show, like, I don't know if she said it on the air or after, but, you know, basically we had uh, some, we, we, we had Leelon Chung, uh, who was a Cambridge City Council on a bunch of times, and he was challenging her, right. and so we wanted to have her on, and at first they said they would come on, and then she didn't, and then after the election, mm -hmm. she did come on. And she told us that she was told not to come on, because right. we were too close with Leland. Leland. And it's like, you know what? That by not coming on, it cinched our supporting Leland. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we actually, if you had come on, we would have chosen her. Like, honestly, if I had, a, you know. But it just, this happened. And I'm not bashing Patricia Jalen at all. I'm just saying this stuff does happen. It's yeah. consultants a lot of times. And then, then, you know, sometimes the politicians realize later, wow, I shouldn't have listened to that consultant. I should have come mm -hmm. on the show six months ago. Well, also, I think folks take some stuff for granted. Um, even, is that mean? Or yeah, that's e a phone call. Yeah. Even Julia, let's say, for Julia, for example, when I had her on the show, afterwards, someone, a supporter of her, reached out to me and said, VOG, I'm so glad you had her on. I didn't think you would because you're such a big fan of Michelle Wu, and Michelle Wu's supporting the Kim Janey and Alexandra and the whole cabal of right. people who are sharing share or roomies. And I'm like, well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Yes, so I support mm -hmm. Michelle Wu, but I don't support any of these other people. I don't even know who these other people are. And Michelle Wu certainly would never say VOG not have that person on or not have this person on. Um, so it was like, oh, really? Because I've heard that other people are being told not to support Julie, who support them. Well, I was like, well, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's crazy. But it's that crazy. Does, that does work. They should just come on the shows. We yeah. get a phone call. Who's on the line? Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini checking in. Oh gosh! I feel like I I, I asked for this. Oh, this is no. awesome. <laughs> your your wishes might come in. What's up, Jeannie? Troll 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 J Simpson checking in. What's going on with you, Mike? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm glad that you're calling. Yo, first of all, peace to the brother Lee, man. It's good. It's good to see y'all come in like that. All of y'all, unfortunately, it was like a bunch of y'all that did well. Um, that split up votes, but it was at least good to see. Uh, that the, the values that y'all were talking about got a lot of votes that night. Thank you. I appreciate that. Peace to the homie VOG. I, I appreciate y'all conversation. Um, I wanted to check in and add um, two things. One, I'm one of the most excited candidates I, I see is Ricardo Arroyo because he would be flipping a seat that is currently held by a conservative um, white uh, Irish counselor. Um, and then I was wondering, so what you thought of that and then also what you think of some of the races outside of Boston, I'm watching some really hot and good races in, uh, in Chelsea and in Somerville and, um, and in Revere and stuff like that, and in Lynn. 
Well, first of all, I, I probably should apologize for a lot of the races that happen outside of Boston. Because mm -hmm. I do in the morning get calls because I have a lot of folks who listen to the morning show from Somerville and, and uh, other places. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been following them as closely as, as I should, ex at least not yet in the preliminary. And as we get down to general, I'll, I'll do more of it. So I'm not as familiar um, with, 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 with those races outside of Boston as I should be. But however, I am excited that it seems like more people of color, more folks, even if you're not of color, but you're rep you're addressing those issues. Um, which right, there's which, three which amazing women of color running. Um, hood women of color too, which are really dope. One in Chelsea, one in Revere, um, one in uh, Somerville, and one in uh, Lynn. Um, so yeah, if you ever wanted to have them on, let me know. I would love to connect you with some of those campaigns. Yeah, well, listen, like I said, I don't actively in invite anybody on my show. It's amazed. I'm amazed. Over the years, how I seem to just eventually get folks mm -hmm. on. Tito Jackson, and I'll just show this Big shout out to Tito. Great friend of I mine. Yeah, great friend of mine. Tito dodged me when he was in office for like maybe three, four years. And Tito, if you're around, call up and let me know because I don't want to get it wrong. It's either his aunt or um, I don't want to say his grandmother, but one of his elder relatives. Tito said, just kept calling him every morning, like, Tito, you got to go on VOG because obviously I'm giving him the business. Mm -hmm. But she said, you got to go on VOG. You got to go on. Tito came on, and, and, and after dodging me for three years, Tito was a regular guest. Folks who used to call up and, and give Tito the business as well just had great things to say about Tito when he ran for, for, for mayor. Um, had him on often, and, 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 and I think that's an example of just folks that just assumed that if they come on, somehow it's going to be a bad experience, and it, it really oftentimes isn't. Anything else, Calvin? Uh, no, I'm going to pass on oh. peace to y'all. I'm going to pass along the info on some of these candidates uh, via Mike um, and see if we can get some of them both on your show Definitely. Um, and also on a Young Jerk. I would love it, especially Lynn, too. That's up near my neck of the woods. Oh, man, I got one in Lynn, an amazing... Cambodian sister, young Cambodian that, sister. Uh, oh, I think I know got her. Involved. Yeah, Cinda. Yeah, Cinda. Yeah, yeah. Man. I'm following oh, her. I like man. her. I definitely like her. So Yo, she's very. She's so dope. And you know what they're doing right now, Mike? Um, uh, I'll leave y'all with this. They, I mean, they're doing some real criminal mafioso stuff, man. They are stalking her. They're following her. They have vandalized mm -hmm. her property on more than one occasion. They That's have crazy. been throwing urine bombs in in at her home and in yep. her porch. Um, the, 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 the right wing there is so scared. The white guys are so scared of losing that seat, um, that they are really erratic and, and violent and criminal right now. I definitely um, want to do that then. There's a lot of conversations behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of convos behind the scenes and, and, you know, if it continues, there's probably going to be some criminal stuff, but it's real. This stuff is, so shit this stuff is happening now. Yeah. Calvin, yeah. by, by all means, I mean, have reach out to me. Like I yeah. said, I usually don't reach yeah. out to folks. I don't know how to get in touch with everybody. Definitely. But if they reach out to me, I'd love to, I'd love to have some of those folks on. I think you should definitely I uh, got you. I'm going to make the connection. I'll, I'll make it. I'll give the info to Mike. Uh, we'll connect that way. And uh, what, uh, uh, Calvin, I want to ask you about uh, the vape issue. <laughs> what are you doing? Because yeah. you're Mr. Vapor and it's been banned. What are, what are you doing now? Are you smoking? Are you not I vaping? Stocked, I stocked <laughs> up like everybody else did. You stocked up. Oh, man. So what happens when I, you run? I waited like two hours and my... Uh, I got enough for a couple months. I got enough for almost a year, I think. You gonna um, sell so them? I'm good for a little while, huh? You gonna sell them? Put them on the black, on the uh, secondary market? Hell's no! I gotta hold this. You know, I'm I'm vapor. <laughs> I'm super vapor. I'm holding these. Oh, that's unbelievable. Um, but I, you, you know, I, I have I have some sort of faith that 
they're not going to get too far on that. You know what's really funny is 14 people die in 10 years of using vape. Almost 1,000 people die every day of, of because of cigarette use, and they don't ban that. Almost 1,000 every single day. Every day. It's 400,000 to the year. So it's really over 1,000 a day. 400,000 people die due to, like, tobacco illness. Like, more people die from sharks every year and car, than vape. Car crashes. And we're... Yeah. Car accidents right. is what we really have to worry about. Right. I had a little fender bender this weekend. Uh, thank you, Calvin, for yeah. uh, calling. Peace and love to y'all. You're I the appreciate man. you, care, my man. It's funny Please. how we... Thank you. It's funny how he mentioned the, the uh, mafioso crap and the vandalism. Mm -hmm. Not the first time we've seen this in uh, that area of... <laughs> and and it seems like it's coming up a lot lately. Yeah. You know, because we were up in Haverhill yesterday. And uh, a woman, you know, is she's an applicant to open a cannabis dispensary and she's being, you know, they're basically three business owners are suing to stop it. Right. And uh, it it looks a lot like Shakedown City up there. And it's just weird stuff that goes on in some of these little cities and towns and yeah, neighborhoods it, that you find out. And, and I mean, I, I know a lot of folks seem to be saying that since Donald Trump. It's been in the way it's, a lot of this stuff is more prevalent. More folks are just doing it more outwardly. Um, I mean, do you feel that way? I mean, no, feel I feel like it's coming back, though. I feel like it, it was here big time, like right. when we were younger. Mm -hmm. It kind of went away in some right. places, and now I feel like it's coming back. Like, that's what I feel like. I feel like it's always been here, right. but it kind of like, you know, just like anything else. Like, yeah, the folks were holding it in, and you know, yeah. now they feel like the, the floodgates yeah. have opened. But so. you, I, I think, you know, I, I feel like it's always been here, especially yeah. in Boston. Mm -hmm. Especially in Boston, I think it's been here, but folks tend to look the other way. Mm -hmm. Folks are a lot That's nicer true. about it. Yeah. And um, because I don't think stuff just happens in a vacuum. For example, um, those young kids from the academy that went to the Museum of um, Fine Arts mm. that got stalked, got, got disrespected, um, got some names called, and, 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 all, and everybody got in the uproar. How could that happen? And this is a Museum of Fine Arts. This is a place where our mayor marty walsh every black history month he kicks off the black history month celebration there and the fact that these folks would act that way towards our youngest and brightest kind of tells me that everything that he's been doing every black history month there at the museum of fine arts museum of fine arts by the way which they were kind of the point folks for this mlk monument that um w w uh, that they're developing in boston that that was ground zero for all of this and if that's a place that supposedly represents our start to celebrating Black History Month every single Black History Month. That's the point place for um, the Martin Luther King Monument, and yet young black kids go into that place and have that experience. That's just nothing. That's not something that just happens. That's been there. And the fact that Walsh been showing up at Black that hasn't meant anything. That hasn't changed any anything at the museum hasn't changed how folks view black folks because again it's boston and this is just something that we do it's just a fig leaf it's just some plateaus that we throw out there so that's that that's my approach to it so a lot of the stuff that these folks do that's again i call it comfort food for white consumption it makes clear folks feel good but in the lives of folks who are actually having to deal with these things it doesn't and that's why when those stuff happens if you talk to people they're not surprised. My audience, nobody was surprised. So when Marty was, I said, oh, this is not Boston. This is representing Boston. This is not who we are. Because, you know, it doesn't really speak good English. Um, but the average person in the streets, they're like, yeah, come on, VOG. We know this. This is everywhere.
This is how this bo- this is how the city is. So Boston has ninety nine problems. Donald Trump is probably you just not one of them. Not one. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you really, I love the way you go at it. You just nail it because the people on the street do kind of have a. It's funny because they're very like you talked about apathy. People think it's not going to affect them, but certain things they do totally get. Right. Oh, they get it. Mm. No, they get it. But they the get it too much, unfortunately, yeah. in a way. No, they get it, but you know these politicians benefit from it because the people in the streets they get it, but it almost feels like anything we do is not going to matter anyway. Right. And that's defeatist, though, at the exactly. same time. And, and that's probably the kind of the trap is. I mean, I recognize that we 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 are not going to win every time. Like right. No. But at times, a few votes make a difference oh, absolutely. in getting people out and what we're doing and education, talking about it. It does help, hopefully. I think uh, you, you got to be positive. Uh, mm-hmm. But I get it. I totally get it because I talk to my friends about this stuff, too. You know, and, and most of the folks I grew up with were you know, working class poor folks. Right. And, and they get it. Like they, they feel the same way about law and stuff. They're like, why are you wasting your time on that crap? <laughs> like, like we're watching the Patriots on Sunday, you know, like. Uh, 617-702-2542. We're almost wrapping up, but I mean, I feel like we could talk for another hour here. Right. What are we missing? What, where, where <laughs> should we even wrap it up, guys? I mean, where? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I got an opinion probably on everything, but <laughs> I don't want to get you in any, get you in any trouble. So you, you well, pick what, a wrap what, up. What do you, you have anything that you want to bring to Lee? Because I feel like uh, we haven't given you quite as much time today, but it's, I mean. No, well, I've been here three times in the last month. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you have no, been. but. Uh, <laughs> No, it's just uh, I'm, you know, this this election I think is one of the most important ones we've had in the city of Boston in a long time. Uh, um, you know, I'm really excited for uh, November sixth, probably actually not fifth. Fifth is the actual election day. Sixth is when, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Because uh, you know, even though I'm not even running it myself anymore, it's right. still I'm still very much a part of the process. And I, I know a lot of folks who committed months of their lives, almost year a year or so, in some people's uh, uh, lifespan um they're still very they're very committed to this process and people know the impact that this election is going to have on the city there's some seats that are going to be flipped from traditionally pretty conservative or white guys or whatnot and we have people of color regardless like people with different ideologies are going to be able to take over those particular areas and we can have we can show that the city is moving in a more positive direction um and there are a lot of people i met throughout this entire process who are very pessimistic with government and I don't I don't disagree I that's one of the reasons why I ran because I hated government I thought I, I saw how inefficient it was I saw how politicians disregarded people so much and I'm hopeful that we finally have some people who are willing to take over that actually care legitimately care about people and so the people that I've called myself supporting now are people I observed as a uh, I guess a colleague, in a sense, in this this fight, uh, who I think are champions of that kind of idea, who actually legitimately care about folks, who will come back to the communities that they asking for their votes constantly, not just at you know election time, but constantly come back and ask for their voices to be heard. And I'm hopeful that you know the people that I mentioned do that if they're elected, and the people who weren't mentioned today. I hope we can hold them accountable and do that. So, and again, congratulations on your race. Yes. Um, found out more than I probably ever knew about the rat. Rat. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. And, and also how to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. 
But before you mentioned the rat, you did mention, and we just kind of, I just kind of, we kind of blew over. But the elderly mm-hmm. issue, which I think is so important, I don't even hear the candidates in Boston talking about it. No. Every once in a while, the Globe and the Herald will do a piece on the elderly in Roxbury. I don't know why they're only, and no, no disrespect to Roxbury, because I do consider Roxbury to be the heart and soul of Black Bostonian. Mm-hmm. But Black folks live other places as well. Um, but what's happened to the elderly folks in Roxbury in terms of gentrification, folks who've lived in, their, they own their houses and for generation, they're being forced out. Folks who've been in subsidized apartments, they're being forced out. Um, even, but it's not just Roxbury. It's happening in Mattapan. It's happening in Dorset. It's happening in High Park. Um, in High Park, we've had um, nursing home, which I used to volunteer once a week or once a month whenever I had the time to go and visit with a lot of the residents there. And increasingly, and I grew up in High Park before I left and came back, increasingly a lot of those residents were becoming brown and black. Mm-hmm. And the convenience is that folks would come in and see them. A lot of times, family members weren't coming to visit them, so that's where I would go in and walk with them. And a couple of them thought I was their kids, and I was married to one of them. And, but, <laughs> it was, but it's something I do because I learned so much. But the problem is, they closed the nursing home. The nursing home is now mm-hmm. a luxury condo. Yep. It's um, and it's happened all around the black neighborhood. And I'm like, where are these elderly folks moved to? And not only that, when their relatives got to take a bus or a train and it was tough for them to come and visit them when they were close by, <laughs> how are they going to see them now? So I think what's happening to our elderly um, in our community, I think, is a travesty. And there's being somebody of color, and even now when I, when I even look at Donald Trump's policy of breaking up parents and kids, it's nothing new. A lot of folks think it was just the buying and selling of slaves. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest part of slavery. But the hardest part of slavery was just breaking up families. Yeah. Just breaking up families. And so I think a lot of that and a lot of policies that's being done and black elected officials in particular, because you would think they would get it, a lot of them don't seem to care. It's not on their agenda. It's not something that they're talking about. Jobs, economics, it's not something. And these folks that's running for at large, by the way, mm-hmm. they're not running to sit on the economic council of Donald Trump. Business. Yeah, they're not, they're not making mm-hmm. international deals, policies yeah. and deals. No, you represent the city of Boston. And if you start with, if someone has a good job and a good opportunity to put food on their table, they're going to be prosperous. Just like folks say, the best way to make sure your, community, your, your neighborhood is good is home ownership because somebody owns a house, they'll probably care more about it. Some of the top jobs in the city are public safety jobs, police, police. fire, EMS. Um, the top part of the city of Boston, payroll, well, clear folks. These folks, these people who are running automatically, if they cared, right. they can say, listen, we're going to make sure that... That money goes to the, the, the neighborhood. Yeah, folks who live in Boston have access to these jobs. That's so true. They did when Boston was all white. When Boston yeah. was all yeah, Irish. Yeah, when it was Irish, they did it. Yeah, right. exactly. But now that it's black and brown, those folks are locked out. Yep. The city of Boston, unlike other cities like Walpole Wellesley, who value diversity and, and have dropped out of the civil service, mm-hmm. Boston can do the same. Instead of coming up with little gimmicky, bogus cadet program like Andrew Campbell proposed and Walsh just uh, signed. I was, I, it's I was it's a joke. Get, we, we do have a couple more minutes. That's uh, what we got to go. But but anyway. No, because I want to get to that. I yeah. want to ask two more questions. One question to each of you, and then we're going to wrap yeah. it up here. Got to go. Um, but number one, I want to ask you, are you going to run again? Are you planning, would you consider <laughs> running? Because that's a big, you know, yeah. people want to know. 
Yeah, um, so uh, my wife and I recently found out we're having a baby. Congratulations. Oh, congrats. So um, that's my number one concentration. Will uh, your wife kill you if you answer this question? No, no, no. Okay. She, so sh- my wife is way like beyond pessimistic on everything. And so she, she, she's like, yeah, you can run. You ain't going to help nothing, but you can run. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh, I, I would, if, the, if it made sense, like, because I, I want to make sure that I run, not because it's like, oh, you know, it's for my own career or anything of that nature. It's more like where I see I can fit myself into this um, process process and transformation of the city. And so that's that's the reason why I would run. So I, if I do run again, that would be the reason why I'm doing it. Awesome. All right, Notorious. I want because yeah. th- there was this, uh, I've seen you, you, know, me- you mentioned Andrea Campbell a few times. Uh, I think she had it some kind of police account because this is a big issue for me all the time the police accountability thing uh, not just in boston but everywhere but i think boston big time needs it she brought up something and i know you were panning it like what is it like what like didn't she come up with she wants to do some police accountability or something like that well well um Ayanna? general was it Ayanna? no I no uh, uh, said i'm talking Campbell. about within the city of uh, uh, boston not not with uh Ayanna. yeah I'm talking about Andrew Campbell. Yes. In terms of... What Maybe it wasn't even her, but I thought it was. I mean, yeah, she did an Inspector General thing. Yes. Right. Well, she came out with, uh, I think it was a 10-point report. Yes. Um, on some issues um, in where the public safeties, including mm-hmm. Boston police, could um, actually hire more people of color, um, mm-hmm. address diversity in, 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 in a serious way. She sent it to the mayor, and mayor sat on it for like over six, seven months. Mm. Because I used to ask Andrew, even on social media, I'm like, what's going on? She, and eventually she was, she was just ignoring me, but eventually she replied and said, VOG, you know, I sent it to the mayor. He's the mayor. This is all powerful. No, you know, what do you want me to do? Um, so, again, but it's, it's just there. City councilors in Boston, and it applies to the folks, and that's why um, I asked him, I said, what do you feel strongly about that you would vote against a budget, vote down on a budget? if this is not included in the budget. I don't think they've ever voted down any, that budget. And that's the only power they have. It's to vote it down, say to the mayor, I'm not gonna give you any money until you address this or that. Because they don't really have any, any other clout. They can sit around and twirl their thumbs and talk to each other and call hearings and, and all of that stuff. But when it comes down to it, either you feel strongly enough about something to vote down the budget or you don't. But they have to feel strongly about it. On black and brown issues, Oftentimes they don't. What happened at the um, downtown, and I know we got to go, but I'll just make it real quick. Last, last point I'll make. What happened downtown at the rally, the gay mm. straight man yeah, rally, straight pride, uh, state pride rally, whatever. which I, I, I refer to the folks who went out and protest. It was just a, um, a clear folks protest holiday. It wasn't much of a rally. We all knew this but it was, it was trumped up. Basically, they went out and the cops came out and opened a can of whoop ass, uh, and it got ugly. And then Ayanna came out. Presley and said, you got to have body cameras on every police, and, da, 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 and then everybody followed. Rewind to a couple months back when a black, black teen was shot in the city of Boston, said he had a gun, and, and I'm not questioning whether he had a gun or not. But back then, this was way after this body camera program should have been implemented. This police officer was patrolling in our neighborhood, interacting with our young folks. I said at the time, why didn't he have a body camera? Why doesn't every single, this is something that the people um, ask for. No other council was doing. And that's why I tell folks a progressive agenda is not a black agenda. 
back then, if they came out and insisted that, regardless of whether the, the, the young man had a gun or not, the fact that there wasn't any body camera on, if Ayanna was doing and calling out for body cameras like she did after what happened to a bunch of clear folks downtown on a protest holiday, they would have had the body cameras. But she didn't. And the reason she didn't, because that involved a black Negro teen in the hood, closest to the pain, closest to the fire, what happened to that, versus what happened downtown. It's the progressives, it's the folks who fund and finance these candidates, so you're gonna react to it. And she did react to it, she called for it, and everybody started fundraising for it. So it's a different approach to black folks, to our own folks, than it is to everybody else. And that's where I have a problem with, and that's the stuff I talk about in the morning, that nobody else does. And it's notorious in the morning. Mm. It's uh, every Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 11 a.m., yeah. B87.7 FM. Wow, I'm, I want to thank you both for coming That's in. a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. This nice is an amazing you. episode. Nice yeah. you as well. And yeah. make sure you run again. I mean, almost 500 votes. Right. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of votes. Especially in the, if, in the city of Boston, that would have got you a lot of places. I think don't give up, and, and certainly I think the folks who are running in at large is going to be so close that your endorsement is going to mean a lot. And all you got to do is hit him up to get on his show now. Yeah. <laughs> you got, and then you got some more votes coming. Right, absolutely. We, we learned how we get on how, how campaigns get yeah. on the show. He doesn't in, in, invite anybody. <laughs> they just got to hit him up and you know, have him on. That's how so if I run, I'm hitting him up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do it. Uh, 617-702-2542 is, uh, is our phone number. Uh, for next time, we got to go Young Jerks. We didn't even get to really Haverhill Cannabis, but it's okay. Yeah. A lot of talk about that online. Um, if you want to know, know more about it, just listen to the podcast from yesterday. Uh, the Young Jerks were on Apple iTunes, everywhere else. You can listen to that. Uh, we had a few few little interviews of uh, attendees to our little protest rally yesterday. Uh, who knows what's going to happen there? We're expecting a lot more news. We'll be covering that as well. And uh, if you want to leave a comment, too, you can always leave a comment on our anchor.fm slash the Young Jerks voicemail, especially if you want to leave a comment on Haverhill. I know some people wanted to. Uh, again, though, we're out of here. Mike Crawford, I want to thank our guests. Lee Nave Jr., Notorious VOG. I want to thank Calvin for calling in. Murphy behind the board. Yeah, big shout out to Murph. Doing a great job, man. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, we're going to take a picture now. I'm, I'm really uh, excited for my picture today with these guys. Yeah, Big shout out to all your audience. Everybody supports you. You guys get a lot of support and do a lot of good. I'm excited to be here and I look forward to it. Will you come back, back again, too? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I'm psyched. If you'll invite me back. Oh, we will definitely will. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. We'll see you next week, Young Jerks. Peace. Take care.